Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com PHLY Eagles podcast, bit of a throwback back in our basement abodes. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Zach, how are you? Doing well. Excited for the show. I, I'm saying doing well in the sense that I get to do a show with you. This is awesome. Uh, it's been a hectic day. That's why we're not in studio. It's been a hectic day for both of us. But it is bit of a uh, comedy it, of errors on both ends. Yes. Yeah, but the show must go on. As Jalen Hurts said last week, and this yeah, show as, must go as on. As Jalen Hurts famously coined the phrase, the show must go on. <laughs> well, we are an Eagles podcast, and the starting quarterback said it, so I think it's appropriate to say. The show is going on, and uh, it's good to see you. And you can't see Julia but here, but I'm appreciative of all Julia's help in producing this. Well, I think everybody, you know, everybody's very curious. They want to know what the deal is, what's going on. I, you know, I'm, I'm home with a sick kid. You – now, this is, I think, the second time this has happened – in, in terms of us being on the beat together, you with a, a flat tire. Mm. I feel Is this a thing that you feel like happens to you more in your life than most people? Or is this just I think it happens to me more than most people, but I would. Is this more than two? This is, this is two in the past three years. Three, past yes. four years, three or four years. Yeah. That's three years. Past had you had years. any before then? I mean, yeah, actually, I, there was a period of time where I was getting them quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> well, I More than this? More than two and three years? Well, in the city, like I had a nail straight through my tire today. You know, I'm in the city a lot, obviously driving around. Uh, that went right. So, but today's situation was such that for the audience, I was going to go into the studio. I was, I would be in the studio. Bo would be at home. And we would we were going to do it like this, and then uh, I'm leaving for Novacare about an hour and twenty minutes before, and I feel it right away. And I'm like, oh man! And I turn around and come home, and it, it because it well, I had that that nail in there. The clunk, I the took clunk, the clunk. Yeah, I took a ride share to work, uh, so I can be there for Sirianni. 
I uh, and was in the locker room and spoke to Jalen Hurts. Took a ride share back. Got in. Got home at two twenty-seven. Came right to the computer, and I'll figure out the flat tire after the show. So I wonder what the explanation could be for for you having more flat tires than than the average bear. I don't think I have more than the average person, actually. I mean, I think you do. If if if, no, if this period two, of having two in three years is not no. the time in your life in which you've had an an uh, abnormal amount of flat tires, in which there was another no. period in your life when you got them all the time, then yeah, I think uh, no, I think you I, do I have them more. I didn't get them all the time. I I had there was one period when I had like three and five years. Okay, I think that's I think that's probably more than the average person. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any stats on uh, flat tires. I do have stats on Eagles running game, but not flat tires. Okay. We're going to have uh, I'm excited to talk about the alternate history in, in this podcast and a little bit about what would have happened. What would things look like in all of our lives? If Josh McDaniels, instead of Nick Sirianni had been the man hired to be the new Philadelphia Eagles head coach, but we will talk about that in a little bit. First, why don't we get to the, the standard stone cold newsman, News and updates, Zach. What do you have from the Novacare Complex for us? So Cam Jurgens, the, the Eagles started his 21-day practice window. The Eagles have a walkthrough today. Actually, as we speak, they have a, a walkthrough. So they are not uh, doing a full practice. They're doing their Wednesday walkthroughs. And Cam Jurgens will be out there. But uh, whether he's brought to the 53-man roster this weekend depends on how he looks. I think the fact that he's back at practice is a good sign. Uh, Julio Jones brought to the 53 man roster. So Julio Jones is, is now, uh, <clears throat> officially part of the 53, not on the practice squad. And, uh, the Eagles brought in an EJ to take his place on the practice squad. Uh, so they brought in tight end EJ. Let me get the exact information here. Uh, Jenkins, they, EJ Jenkins. Yep. Who uh, uh, Zach, of, all, of, of all of Howie Roseman's roster fetishes, uh, the things that he he does time and time again, do you think that like tight end projects is his favorite? Is the one that really gets him going the most? No, but it's certainly up there. Um, I mean, well, he he likes the like yeah. on these like tight end prospect like like these these theoretical guys these like Tyree Jackson worked out better than all of them and he's not even here anymore I don't blame him by the way but back when Howie Roseman had a radio show the Howie Hour on Mondays uh wow <laughs> seriously that? what a pull uh, I used to go to every show uh I would go I so I'd be at, at Eagles facility for Andy Reid's press conference or Chip Kelly's press conference. Well, no, this was Chip Kelly's press conference because he had hour. it. That was the best thing they could come up with. He, I don't know if it was actually called the Howie Hour, but it was the Howie Hour mm-hmm. uh, with Anthony Gargano. Of uh, by the way, of all all um, city has a national show. You can check that out now. Got um, Lane Johnson on the debut episode. Yes. Uh, so Howie was was uh, doing that show at over at Chickies and Pete's, and I that would lasted go over one year, for, right? I think it lasted two. Two? Okay. 13 and 14, not 15. Um, so anyway, so I, I used to go over there and uh, listen to what he had to say, and then I would try to sneak a question or two in as he was leaving, right? Okay. Yeah. I used to go over for Andy Reid shows as well, my first year on the beat, 2012. Uh, and one time I, I asked Howie about the practice of uh, 
of college basketball players moving to, to tight end. And he had he said that they had a specific scout for that who was like mining college basketball players. And I was like fancying myself whenever I'd be watching college basketball, like trying to find the the uh, the ideal tight end, not for Howie, just in general. Like I, I wanted to see if it was something that I could do. This is one of my this is one of my greatest calls of all time. Actually, Zach, we used to discuss this on the Eagles Beakley podcast back on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Mm. And I called out, I'm looking for, a, I was looking for a bulky, undersized, rebounding maven. And I said, let's go get Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox. Did you really? DCU. Yes. Okay. I called out Rico Gathers. Well, I won. <laughs> now, Rico made the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But and and for all of that hard work, you know, all you got was Rico Gathers and Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> you know, was that was that really time well spent? You never know when you stumble upon Antonio Gates or Julius Peppers. Uh, shall I go on? Right. Jimmy yeah, Graham EJ Jenkins. I mean, EJ Jenkins I mean, is not even this guy was a wide receiver. It's just that he was, like, yeah, he was a wide receiver. Of all of these, uh, how how he loves this like the theoretical tight end, and there's always going to be I, you know it's fine. It's it's a fine use of a roster spot, but yeah, I'm not going to rip on him for guy. that. I'm not going to rip on him for that. Like it's this who's is ripping? I'm just talking about it's nice that he's open with his kink. This is. <laughs> open with his king. This is a this is a competitive business. What you want to do is you want to you don't want to leave any stone unturned. You don't want ever for that for Jimmy Graham to pop up and you're like I wish I knew about him or Antonio Gates to pop up and say I wish I knew about him. That is that's the that's the job. And if 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 you're not, you know, there's an expression that an editor once told me. They said, "If you're not writing it, you're reading it." You know, when I was I was saying I was going to hold this for uh you know, for like next week, he's like, if you're not writing it, you're reading it. And uh, it's it's kind of like that. You know, if you're not if you're not scouting him, you're playing him. Right. So I guess I also I mean, we don't need to we don't need to spend the whole hour on this uh, little thing. But there is also a difference between like finding a guy coming out of college and just like adding a guy who has already been in the league to your practice squad, who's already proven that he's not Antonio Gates. But okay. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> You're really pumped up about the EJ Jenkins signing. I honestly did not expect eight minutes on EJ Jenkins. I, I didn't even have the name in front of me when it happened. Uh, but there we go. Which is a rarity uh, so, for you. Yeah, so uh, those were the transactions before practice or before the workday started, if you will. The Nick Sirianni's press conference, we can kind of get into that. Uh, I was in the locker room, caught up with a few guys in there. Uh, and then it was at Jalen Hurts' press conference. And now here, so it was a condensed Wednesday, as I said, because of the walkthrough. Oh, and I spoke to Mike McCarthy today as well. That was a good one. Did he give you an Austin Powers impression? Does he do Austin Powers impressions? Yeah, he famously loves Austin Powers. He has the mojo moment in training camp. Oh, this is, I, I mean, you are like Mr. <laughs> Consume every piece of NFL content. How do you not know this? It was a big part this of Hard Knocks. Gotcha. Okay. I, this is like how he stays hip with the young players on his team. Is Austin, Austin Powers. Powers is staying hip? Austin Powers was when I was like in fifth grade. Exactly. You know that. Even you, even you know that. But Mike McCarthy thinks that this is a way to stay current with the times. Okay. So what did you learn from Nick Sirianni? So, man, he has a spirited defense of Kenny Gainwell. He got back uh, into Jeff it McClain, today. 
Yeah, Jeff McLean from the Inquirer asked him, uh, why Kenny Gainwell's the number two back over Boston Scott or something uh, along those lines? And he he basically said that you guys didn't ask me this question uh, last week, you know, when he knocked over two people to score a touchdown against Miami or in the playoffs last year when he gave these uh, valuable, valuable uh, snaps for the Eagles. He said that uh, Kenny Gainwell's doing things that kind of we don't see. At the uh, and, and we being the the media and the public, and then he the continued lights, harp. Yeah. He continued harping on this uh, point that if he benched him after a fumble, uh, then he would have to bench Jalen Hurts after an interception, or AJ Brown after a drop, or Brian Johnson after a bad call, and then like yeah. I think ridiculous equivalent. Like those guys yeah. are not on that level. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch, um, but nonetheless, this is kind of uh, they're they're pretty committed to uh he's he's pretty i shouldn't say committed to Gainwell. the proof will be on sunday right but yeah i mean he, you know this is like Gainwell. a week ago arthur smith is is calling uh everybody a moron for complaining about desmond ritter's play and then he benches him a week later like let's let's let this one play out well said well we will let this one play out uh a lot of questions about dallas week like we predicted and sirianni's kind of evolved about Dallas week. If you remember his first Dallas game, he had the beat Dallas shirt on and the, the, uh, you know, the whole thing was kind of pumping up the rivalry. And now his, his whole point is that if, if he inflates this game, right, what does that mean about the previous eight games? He's like, then you'll say that we lost the jets because we didn't play hard enough. Right. Uh, so, or, or, or because we didn't emphasize it enough. So he says every game is important, but he says he, he does want the fans to really like be into Dallas week and to be loud and, you know, to, to create that environment. Uh, Dallas Goddard says this is his favorite week of the year. Uh, Dallas week. Um, my son, I, I, he, he might've heard in school. I don't know where he heard this. He heard Dallas sucks. Right. Mm. He, I said, I said, don't say sucks. That's not nice. But uh, uh, Dallas it's Goddard. Like what, what, that's just Emily's motto when you're out of the house. This is when she thinks she can get in her cheers. It's Dallas sucks. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Yeah, I'm like, we have to maintain our journalistic integrity in this house. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so so Dallas Goddard. Um, but I, I did ask him. I'm like, I, I could have asked this at any point during. The past six years, I I, I I recognize that. But like, what's your reaction when you hear the crowd say Dallas sucks? And he's like, his first year, he 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 thought he his first year is like, what's going on? But like now, he loves it. Now he 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 loves when they say Dallas sucks. He looks forward to it. So that's pretty good. Now I will say that reminds me of what my my the favorite. Reynolds. Yes, my favorite Les Bowen moment of all time yes. was uh, Les Bowen in the background. The just absolute incredulous look mm -hmm. when. Andy Reid was asked about whether he was concerned about starting a player named Dallas against Dallas. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's a little different than, than my question. I, I was just curious if 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 uh, there was a team in Zachary, Louisiana, okay, and um, or let's say a writer in Zachary, Louisiana, okay, and uh, and someone was saying Zachary sucks, right? I, I would kind of be like, whoa, wait a sec. Uh, but nobody calls you Zachary. That's true. Only my wife, my mother, and when they're mad at me. That's, does she? Does okay. Emily call you Zachary? When she's mad, yeah, Zachary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry about that. that. 
Yeah, Zachary. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if if you hear Zachary, it's usually not good. Well, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting like uh, pathos to oh. the Dallas Goddard thing because you know he's named Dallas because his dad was a big Cowboys fan, but that dad is no longer in his life really. Like you know he was raised by his mother. That that they that's a long ago separation, mm-hmm. and so like I don't know maybe there's maybe there's a, something under the hood about going up against Dallas for Dallas Goddard. Lots to unpack there. Uh, I I couldn't tell you that, but yeah, you wrote a really good story on Goddard last year. I would recommend everyone checking that out. All right. Well, if you want to go to the game and chant, chant Dallas sucks and confuse your own tight end, there's a way to get tickets, and that is at game time. Because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and you know we always talk about those images of seat views. You want to know where you're going to sit. You want to know what it's going to look like. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for 20 bones off. And now let me tell you about Wheelhouse Cards uh, because – boys. Yeah, big uh, – you know, my, my son loves Wheelhouse Cards. I love Wheelhouse Cards too because of, of, of the gear there at Shive Vintage Sports. But uh, Wheelhouse Cards is – from and I I mean this it's 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 the top sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. It's certainly my go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. In the Delaware Valley, their motto is "Cards and Community" because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football. And I will also add that they have Pokemon there, which my son's a big Pokemon card fan and uh that's that's kind of his go-to although he is transitioning more to baseball and football cards too so he's enjoying those as well they also have t-shirts hats and hoodies from brands like mitchell and ness 47 brand junk food starter and shibe vintage sports looking to grade your sports card collection wheelhouse offers psa grading submissions they also have tons of different family I'm sorry, family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. I went to uh, the trade day, and I will be at the next trade day because my son gave me instructions for how to do it better next time. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. They're open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. I am following them there wheelhouse cards all right zach anything else you want to uh discuss from today's action at the novacare complex uh so in the locker room obviously a, a lot of conversation about the dallas game the uh running game came up quite a bit uh and, and rightfully so i mean they have not been running the ball 
as effectively in recent in in these these past few games and we spoke about it with baldy yesterday whether you think it's the offensive line whether you think it's jalen not running the rprs aren't aren't theirs as as uh, much as they were when jalen was healthier uh but i i would say that uh nick sirianni kind of said it's it's a week-to-week thing and they do what it takes to win some you know in recent weeks they've had to pass the ball quite a bit more and I hear that. Look, they they could have scored 50 points against Washington, right? So uh, I'm not up in arms about it. But this is a week when they're going to have to run the ball. I, I think I think Dallas is vulnerable on the ground, and that's you know the Eagles. Yesterday, yeah, the Eagles had that drive, that 13 play, 75 yard drive to uh, take a you know the the commanding lead in the fourth quarter last year, where they ran on 10 of 11 plays, and. Uh, they kind of impose their will against the Cowboys. So uh, curious to see that. I, I have a story on allphly.com right now. Well, I, I have kind of Eagles thoughts and, and notes, but I have the numbers there of what the running backs ha- have done. And the running backs haven't been particularly effective here. You know, there's kind of this school of thought, well, the yards per carry are brought down because the quarterback sneaks. But think about this. Their yards per carry are actually higher when you – Take what like if if you include the quarterback there, the uh, the running backs are only averaging three yards per carry in these past few games. So that that needs to be something the Eagles uh, they must improve it, and I think they they will improve it this week. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting and noteworthy, not because not from like a what's wrong with the Eagles' offense standpoint, as you said, they could have scored fifty points. You know, they scored whatever it was thirty eight and fumbled inside the five yard line twice, but. It's interesting from a what changed point of view because early in the season and all of last year, they were able to run the ball at will when they wanted to run the ball, and they are not able to do that right now. Um, and so for the reasons that Baldy said about, you know, one of the one of the easy ways to get at this Cowboys defense is by sort of running the ball down their throats with a big game on Sunday. It's it's an interesting and important aspect of this game is can they do it? Um, so is your sense that Cam Jurgens is going to be back for this game. Yeah, I, I I think so. I did see Cam in the in the in the locker room, uh, walking fine. Did not really. Um, you know, I'll I'll catch up with him in terms of like a formal interview Thursday, maybe Friday, but hopefully Thursday. And probably because today was a walkthrough, you didn't get. Yeah. But tomorrow's practice, you'll get a look at what the offensive line looks like. Exactly. So uh, we will have our show before practice tomorrow, but Fridays. Um, show I will make sure to report back exactly what I see from that practice. And, okay. and actually, maybe I'll do a, I'll probably do a YouTube short tomorrow. Um, it'll Ooh. give you something to check out. Yeah, and we'll put that on the IG. Do a little jig on that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm now the YouTube short. No pun intended. There, it's it's because it's it's one minute. It's not because a short guy's doing it. So you never you never miss an opportunity. You never no, miss one. That that's actually. That's a shout out to the fact that I read all the comments and uh, <laughs> there was a comment there uh, uh, two weeks ago about why it, it, it were like, like typical they're making Z berm do the YouTube shorts. And then someone was like trying to stand up for my honor and, and say like, well, it's because he worked hard. You know, he's, he's there, he's working hard. He's just trying to provide more content. And the guy was like, no, it's, it's like a height joke. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that I, I was joking with some other reporters about this, right? Um, you know, if, uh, 
I, I might have said this on the on the show at some point, but you know, Nick Sirianni made a reference in his press conference on Monday to a tweet that Elliot Shore Parks had. And he, he said, like, you know, someone made me aware of this. If I was a coach, like, I probably, I probably couldn't be a coach for this reason because I wouldn't do the someone made me aware. Like, I, I would honestly say, like, yeah, I, I was reading your article, and in the third paragraph, I didn't like the way you phrased that. And Did you I see was the Marcus Frazier thing the other day? Is Marcus that, Freeman, the, the Notre Dame. Marcus coach? Freeman, yeah, sorry. Yeah, how his his how the reporters, the flag football coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That was cool. I like that. But I, I I would really be going through like, I listened to your show, the forty seventh minute. You don't quite have that right. Next time, talk to me before you make that 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 point. So yeah, but like, would you I, do that on camera? Or would you do that behind the scenes? Uh, probably behind the scenes, actually. Yeah. yeah. But if if they wrote an article, I I that I'd like, I would be like, that was a good article, you know. Like uh, McLean was asking me a question today. I'd say, I, I liked uh, that Jalen Carter article today. I, I thought the the anecdote about Nolan Smith uh, running out of gas on uh, on on ninety five. I thought that was a good anecdote. I would say, uh, Bo, I I really like that Kevin Byard story on allphly.com. dot uh, com. Twenty eight interceptions in his career. Going through all twenty quarterbacks, that was a really good pull that he had uh, for for some of the Josh Johnson pull. I was impressed by that. Like um, you know, the Dak Prescott line interceptions against all three NFC East teams, but not yeah. the Eagles. The the Dak Prescott one, like yeah, I would read everything. I mean, I read everything now, so I would read anything. I would read everything. You read everything, even the Kevin Byard interview, especially the Kevin Byard interview, which all our viewers can check out on allphly.com and. Uh, Sunset Shaz, I appreciate the comment you left on my notes that it was good seeing Bo and I write on the same day uh, because you love the pods, but you love seeing us writing, and I appreciate that, Sunset Shaz. Thank you very much for your support as always. Don't get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's different Um, between Bo and me right there. I have have an inside media question for you, Zach, which we haven't discussed yet. Okay. You were, you know, you did not get to go yesterday. Did we talk about this on the the podcast, or did we? Was that off the podcast about you missing the coordinators yesterday? Probably off the pod. Okay, well, that was be, that was because of the the Fletcher Cox stop by. You know, we yeah, which makes you, stop by. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. I would I would love it if he would do it again. Uh, good insight from Fletcher Cox. I thought the the discussion of those young guys and Jalen Carter in particular was interesting. We had a chance to chop it up beforehand uh, and i was telling him how i'm still getting over taking that one chip challenge uh that he gave me like physically i don't know if i've ever recovered and he said why did you do that and i said well you know i i sit in my mind i was thinking like i ask you guys to do silly stuff all the time yeah maybe maybe for once i should do you know i should do that so i you know i don't know that he respected that but it was an answer at least but anyway because of that you you opted to be there for Fletcher and not at the coordinators. I know that that was tearing you apart inside, but that also meant that today was your first day at the Novacare Complex, I believe, with the newest Eagles beat writer. Did you have a chance to walk by this person? Was there any any iciness between the two of you? Uh, did you did you haze him in any way? What's going on? No, I literally went up one the the minute I saw him went up, shook his hand, introduced myself, and, and spit in his said, face. 
I would love to help anyway. I tried making small talk, and I always do that, man. No, I like, know you always you always make small talk if you know. Oh wow, high joke from Bo. Jeez, <laughs> really sticking it to me there. No, that's not at all what I was going. But glad what's on your mind, Bo. Um, no, I, I honestly just I I uh, I respect everyone's work, and I'm excited. You know, anytime I could, anytime there's been a, a new writer, I, I I feel confident saying this. I, you can ask any new person on the on on the beat. I would go up, I'd introduce myself, offer to help, and try to be well, as you're the president as of can. the PFWA. You got to, you know, you're it's they're, they're that. your constituents. It's just, it's just the right thing to do, right? Do unto others as you would want done to you. So that's kind of how I do. But did you put a little extra into that handshake? Well, I always believe in a firm handshake. I know right? you do. Yeah. So yeah, you do. You do really stick it in there. <laughs> my father taught me firm handshake make eye contact yeah i'm 37 years old still think that every time i, I meet somebody okay that's good mm-hmm. uh and yeah okay i'm i'm curious i want to see how this relationship develops i mean this is a guy who's who ostensibly is is as good as both of us combined <laughs> oh you're <laughs> yeah I'm curious I mean, that's what a talent. I'm curious what your interaction would be, Bo. <laughs> no, I, I thought his introductory article was very good. I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to reading his coverage. Good addition to the beat. Absolutely. All right. Um, before we get on to the McDaniels of it all, let's talk about Shady Rays. Because Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports... Their quick-swap snow lenses switch easily from full sun to low light. Don't let changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes when all you need is Shady Rays snow goggles. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. This is like the most wild thing I've ever heard. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Shady Rays is also committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program, teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And uh, on yesterday's show with uh, Fletcher Cox, I guess where I was sitting for the first time... um, some people saw my shoot my my sneakers. And I'm not bringing this up. Oh. Uh, I'm not bringing this up to reignite a fashion conversation. I think we kind of beat that one to death. Um, but I I would say that uh, I appreciated a, a nice word I, I I got on my sneakers. And if I'm anyone here, <laughs> and if anyone here uh, is into sneakers, or even if you just kind of want to learn more. I know just the place for you to go. The Drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It's your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. They have 
drop alerts, instant notifications, which are great because you never have to miss a release again, and you'll get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy. They free raffle management, which is awesome because you can keep track of all the raffles that happen in sneakers with our raffle tracker. And they have a release calendar, which is always good because the accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are upcoming. This Saturday, November 4th, for instance, there's a drop alert for the Air Jordan 1 Reimagined Royal Drops. The drops by Soul Savvy will notify you when and where it's dropping. Download the app and never miss a release. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links dot soulsavvy.com slash phly and i think it's important for me to spell this out for you for all the audio listeners that's links dot s-o-l-e-s-a-v-y dot com slash phly or you can head over to the app store and download the drops by soul savvy app all right zach let's talk uh alternate timelines like in uh i guess it's not quite like in that show the affair and that's a little bit different but uh Sliding doors, you're familiar with that? Yeah, it's the the subway. The, he misses it, and the whole life happens oh, differently. Good for you. Okay. okay. Yeah, my, my, my grandfather references that to me quite a bit. I always really? think about sliding doors moments throughout life. Yep. Nice. Good pull, yeah. good pull from Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Pop-up. We call him Grandpa? What do we call him? Pop-up. Pop-up. Uh, pop-up. I, yeah, Pop-up was me too. All right. There are several of these over the past couple of years for the Eagles, right? There is the uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson flirtation from last offseason. There is the Allen Robinson potential signing from last offseason. But maybe the biggest one was the hiring of Nick Sirianni, which by all reports, in, including our understanding, was that the, their final two for Jeffrey Lurie in 2021 after firing Doug Peterson was Josh McDaniels and Nick Sirianni. And obviously overnight... Josh McDaniels fired midway through his second season. He's had two jobs in the NFL, and both the times he's been fired in his second season. Uh, It seems like, once again, acrimony with management, uh, with ownership, with the players, a bit of a disaster once again. Uh, I want to talk about what you think a Josh McDaniels-Eagles regime would have looked like. So... I guess oh, go ahead if you want to. No, jump well, in, but. well, fair question, but but first off, credit to you because you broke the story of their interest in McDaniel's back in uh, January, in January twenty twenty two. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we nobody really cares about the the scoop scoreboard. You know, it's like a who's who's chasing this nonsense. Let's be fair. Okay, my opinion, yeah. but uh, you know, you're doing that for your for your bosses. That's about it. Okay, fair enough. Um, my position, well, I have, I have a few thoughts, but I think the biggest thing that I can say with, uh, with certainty about how the last three years have gone for the Eagles is that I think, like we have talked about, I think most of the Eagles' success is ownership-driven. And so I am not, yeah. I, I don't think that Josh McDaniels would have worked out well here, but the thing that I'm... A hundred percent sure of is that if Josh McDaniels were the were the Eagles head coach, Jalen Hurts would not be the quarterback. And why are you a hundred percent sure of that? Because Josh McDaniels is the opposite of like what we have talked about. Like what is good about coaches is adjusting your philosophy and your coaching to the players that you have. Why I think Josh McDaniels is not a good coach 
as a head coach is that he doesn't do that. And he's only looking to import people uh, who fit what he wants to do on offense. And Jalen Hurts is not his kind of quarterback. And I don't believe that, like, especially early on, before Jalen Hurts had any kind of, uh, like, reason to really believe after his rookie season when, you know, he's spending time in the backfield next to Carson Wentz. Like, those plays are so funny to look back on. I think that offseason, if not that offseason, the next offseason, they would have brought in somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo who was just a plug-and-play, let's-run-Josh-McDaniels-offense type guy. I hear what you're saying. I, I, I would start it off by agreeing with the top of, of your argument, which is I think success is often organizational success, right? And in that there's an organizational infrastructure. Like, like there's a reason why it, it's a chicken or an egg thing. Are, and I wrote about this before the Super Bowl last year. Are the coaches that the Eagles hire – Always like you know the the last five coach. Well, I'll, I'll say every coach that Jeffrey Lurie's hired has won the NFC East, right? The last three coaches, or three and of the every last four coaches hired has been uh, deemed the wrong hire by Mike Lombardi, <laughs> or or not won the NFC East um, because Ray Rhodes didn't, but made the playoffs within the first two years. Every coach made the playoffs within the first two years. Okay, which which like doesn't happen very often. Um, Nick Sirianni made it his first year. Doug Peterson made it his second year. Chip Kelly made it his first year. Andy Reid made it his second year. Ray Rhodes made it his first year. Um, so I, I think part of this is like organizational infrastructure is important, and that determines a lot. Like perhaps a good coach might not have worked out in Las Vegas, or a better coach than McDaniel might not have worked out in Las Vegas because of the organizational, um, you know, because of the organization it is relative to the Eagles. But I do agree with you in terms of I've been re- I, I was really unimpressed with what Josh McDaniel did from like a personnel perspective. I mean, I, I, I don't watch the Raiders enough to tell like every time I watch them, I haven't really been imp- imp- impressed with like the the scheme and the coaching and all that. But uh, but just from the personnel perspective, the, the roster that he had that he inherited to the roster that he has now. Um, just a series of like odd decisions and just loading up on all these former Patriots. Uh, just a series, yeah, odd decision after odd decision. And the fact that he didn't make it in the year two of a six year deal, like they've been totally uncompetitive. They jettisoned Derek Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo, to your point, right? I, I, I mean, they brought in like Jared Stidham at one point. Um, so they've been unimaginative at the quarterback position. Uh, they've been. They've just they've they made a series of odd uh, moves. They 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 don't really have a schematic advantage. Yeah, Josh McDaniels has had two shots, which is two more than most coaches, and certainly one more than most uh, failed head coaches who don't make it into their second year. Uh, and really, he's had three shots because he was hired by Indianapolis and he backed out of that as well. True. Um, and uh, he's a really good offensive coordinator. Uh, because his now he also had the best player in the history of football or the best quarterback in the history of football uh, during his time. But uh, I look at it and say that this shows you that there's more to making a hire than the offensive and defensive schemes, right? It's like uh, it's all these things we talk about with Nick Sirianni, the leadership, uh, the 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 management, the attention to detail. The, you know, all, all these different ideas are far more important to me than like, what was your offense ranked during your time as offensive coordinator? And that's, what's so bizarre about the fact that 
in that in theory and in reporting, it came down to McDaniels and Sirianni because they are such opposite types of coaches and were at the time. Like if McDaniels comes in, he's coming in, you know that he's going to be this authoritarian who is going to want to wrest control away from the front office to some degree, even if, you know, he and Howie Roseman had what they thought was a good relationship. I think both sides would have known that that was not going to last for very long. Um, he's a guy who was going to want to have a, a hand in everything in the building and was not going to be a, you know, quote unquote players coach, right? Like this is a guy who is things want, he wants things to be done his way. And Nick Sirianni is the opposite of that. He's like, you take care of personnel let me coach the coaches and coach the players and, you know, focus on connecting and all that stuff. It's so opposite. And it's bizarre that like the choices came down to those two. And and listen, maybe there were other people involved. We know that Nick Sirianni was not on their initial list of interviews uh, for head coach. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit like a, a bit of a lucky accident. Um, and again, some of this is organizational, but uh, it's it's bizarre that it came down to these two guys who were so different. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I I mean, look, I don't know Josh McDaniels, right? Um, I've spoken to people who who, who do, and like I, I I hear he's a really bright offensive mind, and I would imagine that if you're sitting down and in, in an interview with him and you hear him explain football and discuss football, um, you're probably impressed because yeah, I'm sure he. he I, I mean, it's it's hard to to have as much uh, offensive success as he's had uh, in his career as an assistant uh, with, now I know he had Tom Brady, um, but without like knowing what you're doing and he worked under Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Uh, but like I said, there, so I, I can understand like being impressed sitting down with him, but there's, I can't emphasize this enough. There's so much more to that job so much more to that job than calling plays and being an off, you know, and being like having an offensive system. Yeah. But also even if, even if you think that it could have gone differently from a, who are we going to hire perspective? Like Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman know that if they bring in Nick Sirianni, like he's going to be deferential to them in a lot of ways. They're going to, you know, it's, it's, we're excited about the coach you can become, right. They're going to get to okay. mold him a little bit. If you bring in Josh McDaniels, that is not the case. Well, that is true. I mean, that's that's probably more the case with it's probably more so with Howie than with, you know, like 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 Jeffrey owns the team, you know, <laughs> you know, so uh, but I, and I actually think the Howie of it is is an important angle here. Um, like. I think that even even, uh, you know, listen, after 2020, there was there were there were people who thought that Howie Roseman should have been fired along with Doug Peterson. I didn't think that that was a crazy idea at the time. Uh, I thought maybe they needed to just start from scratch. But in in keeping Howie Roseman, that's one thing. If you had kept Howie Roseman and hired Josh McDaniels, you're sort of cutting off Howie at the knees a little bit. Um, I think that that you would have done that knowing that one of these guys is going to win out. Whereas hiring Nick Sirianni is more of a show of faith in Howie. We believe that you can turn this thing around quickly. You've done it before. Obviously, that was the right decision. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. But I, I think that like that decision did have a bit of a Howie tinge to it. Yeah, maybe so. I, I mean, ultimately, Jeffrey's the one hiring the 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 coach. But yeah, Howie's. I don't mean. Howie's, I don't mean. I don't mean uh, a, a Howie tinge in that he yeah. had a hand in doing it. I mean, uh, from a Jeffrey yeah. believing in Howie standpoint. 
Oh yeah, I mean, you know, and in in that sense, Jeffrey, picked, you know, he picked the right horse, so to speak, right? Like how he's no doubt how he's really good at his job. Uh, number one, but but also, I I don't like these these coaching models where like you hire the coach, and then the coach like picks the GM who makes sense with him, and I and ridiculous. And again, I I don't know if if in in Vegas, I think technically Dave Ziegler was hired before McDaniel's. Is that right? I think Dave Ziegler was hired, and then McDaniel. But it, they were kind of like the package deal, yeah. right? Like I I like the idea that your your GM and your and, and your coach have a little bit of like distance between them, or uh, there's there's not there there's not like you're just working with the guy that was in the front office when you were there, right? Um, at, at your previous place, uh, but yeah, I mean, if that would have been a bad outcome for the Eagles, if Josh McDaniel came in, like wrestled control away and installed kind of like the Patriot system here. Uh, I actually think the, the way the Eagles have like the way how he thinks, you know, we, you can quibble about X, Y, and Z move. Right. But, but the way he builds his, his roster, the approach that he takes in terms of like, uh, you know, and especially in these past few years and in terms of where he allocates the draft picks, being aggressive, um, that's how I would want my team to be constructed more so than the way Vegas and the Patriots have, to, have and, and the Texans, for instance, have, have done it in, in, in recent years. A hundred percent. And I don't think that it would have if even if Howie Roseman and Josh McDaniels were getting along, it would not have been the same philosophy. It would not have been like, go get me stars and I'll figure out how to play them. Yeah. It would have been like, all right, I I need a, a five foot nine white slot receiver from a small school. I need well, him. Pay him a hundred million dollars. Like I I I actually think you're generalizing there because Josh McDaniel said Hunter Renfro and didn't use him. I know. I'm, I am joking, but yeah. it no, would but have I think been, more of the issue is like it would have been I, go out and get me the guys I need to run my yeah. system. Yeah, it would have been go go pay these former Patriots receivers, right? And, right. And that kind of thing. And yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Now, there was one place where I do think that the Eagles would have done a better job with McDaniels than McDaniels did in, in Las Vegas. Um, like I was I was surprised to see that and, and Antonio Pierce was named the interim head coach, right? So I went just looking at their coaching roster. That is a very underwhelming group of coaches. And we know that the Eagles have a heavy hand in the coaching staff and putting that coaching staff together. I, I do feel confident that if Josh McDaniels was here, his coaching staff would look a lot better in Philadelphia than, than it does in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now <laughs> the thing is, is that a lot of those guys are former Patriots guys. No, the defensive coordinator that Josh McDaniels wanted to hire was Jonathan Gannon. Okay. That's true. Um, so that is who that... his defensive coordinator would have been. Yeah. Like <laughs> actually uh, Jeffrey Lurie had it, had it, had an interview with, um, uh, Dave Spadaro, I believe it was after the uh, the hire for Sirianni, and said like Sirianni brought up Jonathan Gannon's name, and they were like, "This is the guy who keeps coming up. This is great, you know." So yeah, that's uh, uh it would have been <laughs> it would have been Gannon. Perhaps Matt Patricia would have uh, replaced Gannon if Gannon kind of got a head coaching job somewhere else. But no, I I I hear your point, and um, yeah, I mean, I clearly this worked out well for the Eagles. That's that's a credit to Sirianni. Like that, that's the, you know, I always credit the players, right? When, before, you know, you joke with me about Jeff Stoutland, who's an outstanding offensive line coach, but I always say the credit goes to Lane Johnson, you know, uh, first, like the credit goes to Nick Sirianni first, because he's the one coaching the teams, right? But 
I do fundamentally believe that success is organizational success in the NFL, and uh, that strong organizations tend to win. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Josh McDaniels' timeline would look like if if he was the Eagles' head coach? <laughs> So I don't know about the Jalen thing, right? Like, do you, what, how, do you think do you think there's any chance that they would have been able to keep Carson Wentz? And, and no, and no, I think Carson's you mind. Think Carson was, was done no matter what. Oh yeah, and Howie's still there at that point, so Howie's making that trade, right? Okay. Um, All right, so you make that trade. Yeah, good trade. So you you make they that give, trade. Now, he probably gives Jalen one year, but they but instead of signing yeah. Joe Flacco, they sign Brian Hoyer or something like that. Okay. Is Brian Hoyer going to unseat Jalen? Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I mean, the question is after. But I think after, you are not, they are probably not fully embracing yeah. everything Jalen Hurts can do. They're probably yeah. trying to make him something else. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe, uh, honestly, maybe um, that first year, San Francisco, uh, when they draft Trey Lance, right? Uh, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Possible. Yeah. Maybe they go after Jimmy G there, right? Yeah. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. Or Jared Stidham, I see Cousin Grace saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, something like that. I mean, his look, McDaniels' first year with the Broncos, he he, he drafted Tim Tebow. So I don't know how, what he would have thought about. I, I honestly don't I, – I don't want to say he would not have kept Jalen Hurts. Uh, but, but Jalen needed development, clearly, and he needed time, uh, and he needed this infrastructure – around him in terms, you know, AJ Brown changes things quite a bit. Uh, so do you have that off season that you have the following year? Josh McDaniels is, is exerting a heavy hand. I, 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 I don't know the answer to that. Here's another, here's another uh, eventuality I think would have come okay. to play the core four. I think only Lane Johnson would still be here. You think Kelsey would have been like, I think Kelsey, gonna... this is, it's not as fun. Like he's not coming back. Cause it's, it's not as fun. Yeah. Like part of the reason he's having so much fun is because they're winning and there's this there's this nice vibe. That vibe would not be here. I don't think he's pushing his body yeah. again. I don't think he and Fletcher Cox would have got along very well. Okay. And I don't know that I don't know that that Brandon like I at, the team wouldn't have been good enough to yeah. to like want to pay Brandon Graham to come back yeah. anymore. I mean, look, maybe... and I think Josh McDaniels would have wanted his own culture. Okay. I, I I mean, to your point about Lane. Lane went through a lot in 2021. Like, yeah, maybe know. Lane wouldn't be here either. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I, look, there's been a lot of people who've left that Raiders organization who haven't had very kind things to say about the way that was. And similarly, that was the case in Denver uh, a decade ago. But again, I, I don't want to say I don't know, but I, I obviously, I'm, I mean, none of us know how it, it, it would have turned out. But, the Eagles is like one thing that that McDaniel's does well is uh, oh I'm sorry I slipped there that Sirianni does well among many things is that this this culture that he's created and it's I would by the way I'd say it's a player driven culture that is like pushed by the head coach but it, the players I think drive it home and uh, and you said it well like Jalen sets the culture in that building and the veteran leaders like have a heavy hand there. Uh, and if I this was Daniels is the kind of guy yeah. who would who would let Jalen lead the culture. I don't. Well, then I, that that would be problematic for sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't think so. Uh, let's keep this going, but but first let's talk about Foco Zach because Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. 
Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY for 10% off. Plus, go to the uh, the All Philly Locker. Get, get yourself some PHLY merch. Look it up. All right, Zach. Um, here's a question that I, that was asked uh, to us on Twitter that I thought was well stated. Of these... Uh, of these three big what ifs, okay, mm. Josh McDaniels over Nick Sirianni. If they had been able to trade for Russell Wilson instead of keeping Jalen Hurts, or if they had signed Allen Robinson and not traded for AJ Brown, which do you think would have been like? I rank them in terms of what the biggest difference would be, and like what, how much worse they would be now than they would be in current day. Yeah, this is a great And then we can rank them in terms of what you think was actually the closest to happening. Yeah, this is a great question. And I say this because I actually think like I think Russell Wilson um Ugh, of course well, you're going to think this. No, no, no. So I think I think Russell Wilson uh would like that would have been a sensible move. The problem is this. If you make if you make the Russell Wilson trade, you don't have the draft inventory to make these subsequent deals. You don't get AJ Brown, right? Um, you don't have Jalen Carter, right? Uh, <laughs> you don't have money to spend on some of these other uh, spots that yeah. that they did. So they would have had Hassan Reddick, right? Um, but I'm trying to think. I mean, they probably don't get Bradbury, or maybe they do. They structure the contract in a, a way that, that they can still do that. Um, now, <laughs> so... That would probably be the biggest one that would change things because it hurts the rest of your roster. What's that? Even more than the coach? Probably that. Probably so because I don't know if you can build the roster into what it's been if you gave away all that draft inventory and then if you paid him that 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 money. That said, I actually think Russell Wilson could have been better here. Like something happened in Denver last year. I, I can't believe he was that bad. Because he's been so good this year? He hasn't been. That's true. But okay, so that's my one there. Now, literally today, literally today, I was having a conversation with a reporter. I don't want to say who it was, um, but mm-hmm. the reporter was like kind of ripping on the Niners, and they're like, "Do you think you know?" He was he was saying that the Eagles wouldn't have lost like three consecutive games, and I was like, "The Niners are missing, you know, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, right?" Okay. And and he's like. He's like, if you took the if if three players were injured from the from the Eagles, would would they lose like this? And I was like, yeah. Like if Lane Johnson, AJ Brown, and Hassan Reddick were all missing time, that would majorly affect the Eagles, right? And I bring this up as a way of saying AJ Brown changes so much with that offense. And I'm not in any way diminishing Devontae Smith, nor am I diminishing the progress that Jalen Hurts has 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 taken. But I think the offense will look very similar to the 2021 offense if you did not have A.J. Brown out there um, because A.J.'s presence changes so much. So if you have Allen Robinson in there instead of A.J. Brown, now, yeah, that changes every, That changes so much. And then you probably take Trent McDuffie, who's a, good, who's, a, who's a really good corner in Kansas City, by the way. You probably take him with that 18th pick, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. And then you don't sign Bradbury because you have McDuffie. Um, but that's but I would still say that's probably the least because there's like look, if if Val Robinson was was 
was not productive here, they could still find a way to rebound. And you still have. He'd probably uh, move on from his contract a year later. Yeah, and you you know Devontae's still developing. You still have Goddard, and you you can go out this year and this past offseason and 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 try to find a wide receiver. And you still have those other picks. Yeah. Right. Or, so. or, yeah. Or, or or maybe then they trade for Calvin Ridley at the deadline last year, right? Like there's like yeah. So that's probably the the least sliding door. But AJ Brown is so good. Uh, and then McDaniel's. I guess I'll go McDaniel's too. Um, because. I still think the organization's strong enough, uh, but yeah, the Russell Wilson thing would have dramatically changed everything. Now, I would say from a what was actually closest standpoint, I think I think we can say pretty definitively the the closest to happening for sure was the Allen Robinson signing. That yes. was like yeah minutes away from yes. happening. Um, he he had an offer he was going to accept from the Eagles and went to the Rams, and the Rams were willing to go a little bit higher. So that was absolutely about to happen. I think that the McDaniels over Sirianni thing was probably a little bit closer because I just, I don't think that, I think they wanted to trade for Russell Wilson or yeah. trade for Deshaun Watson. And from the beginning, we're told from those players' camps that they didn't want to come to Philadelphia. And that was sort yeah. of the end of it. Which should be a red flag as it is. Who doesn't want to come to Philadelphia? <laughs> right. This is awesome, this city. True. So, yeah. Like, I do you agree. There's nowhere else I'd rather live. Um, so yeah, I I agree. The Russell Wilson thing wasn't happening. Uh, the AJ Brown, th- I'm sorry, the a- the Allen Robinson thing was was literally there in his court. And Jordan Rodriguez from the Athletic had a really good piece last year, basically saying like the Rams swooped in at the last minute. Uh, he was he was about to sign with the Eagles. And McDaniel's, um, yeah, that's a, that's in the in in the middle here. He was a candidate, but clearly they they preferred Sirian. I mean, clearly there was something about McDaniel's that they didn't want to go forward with. Got it. Okay. Anything else from the uh, hypothetical that you think is worth exploring? Uh, so this is a really good hypothetical here. Um, yeah, let me ask you this. Okay, curious. What's Jalen Hurts' career if he if he doesn't have the patience in Philly? And then if he he doesn't get last year, he doesn't get AJ Brown. Like, is because we always talk about the sheer force of 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 will and, and Jalen Hurts. And he's a self made guy. And Jalen Hurts. Um, so I, I, look, I I had a sentence in a story this past summer that Jalen Hurts is the best example of compound interest, like from a football perspective. Um, but actually, I I I need to give credit. I, I listened to an interview um, in during the Las Vegas summer league uh, where, uh, where Connor Barwin said that. Um, and I thought that was a really good way of, of phrasing it. Um, About Jalen. Yeah. I thought that was a really good way you of phrasing stole it. it. What's that? Yeah. And you just stole his line. Well, that, I, I, I didn't like do it verbatim, but I, I mentioned like an example of compound interest in football. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I mean, what could possibly be more Zach Berman than that? Um, but yeah, Jalen's a great testament to compound interest here. Um, but so, what does compound interest mean? You know what compound interest means? Explain it to the listeners. It's interest that compounds, right? So the interest, so the interest collects every year, and then what you do is you collect interest on the sum of of the sum of money that's already collected, right? The interest is compounding. Okay. So you get interest, okay, on the principal, 
and <laughs> the interest, uh, and then you collect interest on the interest that you've already created. So basically, you, while your pot grows, the interest every year grows on top of that. Got it. Yes, it's a it's a wonderful concept for compound interest. That's <laughs> great, and it's the best example. It's the best way to describe Jalen Hurts' career from a football perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways uh like would he have gone you're getting one percent better every single day yeah think about that yeah uh so would you have uh like like would jalen hurts have gone elsewhere and become jalen hurts or did he need all these you know environmental factors in in place an imaginative coaching staff uh top offensive line patience from ownership uh and then the best wide, you know, one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. And it's the, it's the, it's the same question that is asked about, you know, when you were doing these quarterback rankings is how do you divorce Jalen hurts from the offense he gets to play in and the players he gets to play with more specifically, the players he gets to play with the offensive line, the, the AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard of it all. But I think my, my honest opinion is that, I think the thing that the Eagles gave Jalen Hurts that he needed the most is what you said before, the patience. Um, And I don't know that every organization would have given him the patience um, because he was only a second round pick. Like there are, and, and there are places where the coaching staff turns over and somebody else comes in and he's not their guy. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to think that he could have had like, geno smith's career right where like he's got a he he just is deemed not a starter two years into his career and has to be a backup for a while and then is given a shot and is very good and obviously i think he's better than geno smith but i think there's a there is a timeline in which he doesn't get to be a starter and and is like behind the scenes now i also think there's a dynamic here where he's so self-made that if he's in any kind of competition and this is not dissimilar from what happened with Carson Wentz, right? Like even as a rookie, his force of personality in that locker room was like, guys were like looking at it, you know, side-eyeing each other. Like, you know, this guy's, this guy's better. Like, and I think that that, I think that that probably would have happened eventually somewhere, but you know, there are different, there are, there are, if he was in a place where it had to be a little bit more, McDaniel Z, you know, we have to fit a square square peg into a square hole. Let's see if he can do that. And if the talent on the outside wasn't as good, or if the offensive scheming wasn't as great, he would not be his full self. But uh, I think that it's it's like your Stoutland thing. Like Jalen Hurts deserves like way, 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 way most of the credit for Jalen Hurts becoming who he is. And I think he would have become that most of the time elsewhere. But I think that if he had not been given the uh, the full runway, then then we may not have seen it yet. Well said. I like that. Do you disagree? Uh, I would need a lot of time to think about that. But I think I think quarterback success is also environmental, right? And that a different coach, a different organization, it might look entirely different. Uh, and I, I do think the patience was a key part of it. But I think A.J. Brown was a huge part of it, too. Right, like AJ Brown, AJ Brown changes everything from my perspective. I think so too. Yeah. But but I also think that I th- I think quarterbacks are a little bit less uh situation dependent than than you do, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll devote a show during the summer to that one because I, I think, like, situation – well, draft season, I should say. Like, uh, quarterbacks – there are very few quarterbacks. Yeah, you are you got to be Peyton Manning who, like, you'll succeed no matter what. But, but I don't agree with that. Okay. I mean, I, I – You I don't think – I mean, I think any of the best – any of the five or ten best quarterbacks in the league would be good anywhere. I think Russell Wilson's an example of how that's not the case. I think Russell Wilson has fallen off a cliff. Okay. Well, then Carson Wentz says hello on the way down, right? But wow, shot. <laughs> Sorry. Like yeah, that wasn't a nice comment. I take that back. That was that was that was an unnecessary shot. Let's end it on that. Let's end it on <laughs> Zach. He's shooting a shooting a, a bow and arrow through a, a turkey on the way down. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That was that was that was wrong of me there. My bad. All right. Well, for Zach and Julia. And Josh, we thank you for listening and watching. Who's Josh? Berman. I, no. I don't think Josh. Josh is at work. He's not McDaniel's. Is who oh, I was talking. Oh, okay. The oh, guy gotcha. who was sort of the through line of the whole show. That was yeah, the, gotcha. Okay, all right, got it. Uh, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow at eleven thirty. And uh, for all of us, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Check out the Lane Johnson interview on the debut episode of the uh, Anthony Gargano, Brian Baldinger league-wide NFL show on the All City Network. Check out our Fletcher Cox interview from yesterday. We'll talk to you later, and as always, we love you.